This is a Double J podcast. For copyright reasons, the music has been edited. 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 To hear the full tracks, listen to The J Files, Thursday nights on Double J, or head to doublej.net.au and click on the track list at the bottom of each episode. Hello and welcome to The J-Files. I'm Kaz Tran and this is the podcast for people who love music. We aim to bring you a quick music history lesson in under 30 minutes. Each episode we pick a different artist or band, we look at some of the most important moments in their career and we celebrate their impact on music. We also take you into the legendary Triple J archives, home to decades of iconic interviews. On this episode, it's Gorillaz, a band who began as a curious experiment and became far more successful than its creators ever imagined. A success that was built on collaboration. Gorillaz came about in the late 90s when Britpop band Blur were on hiatus. Blur frontman Damon Albarn was at home watching MTV with his flatmate, a comic artist named Jamie Hewlett. As they watched the endless stream of pop artists and boy bands, it all felt so manufactured. And this is what gave them the idea. What if you could contrive a band made up of fictional characters and make it cool? So they did. Damon Albarn created the sound a hypnotic blend of electro and hip-hop. And Jamie Hewlett drew the characters. This is how Murdoch, 2D, Russell and a child super soldier called Noodle came to life. It should have been gimmicky and naff, but these characters and their music were so damn cool. Gorillaz proved you could create a completely made-up band and still give it substance. But not for long, the future is coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on, it's coming on. Finally, someone let me out of my cage. Now, time for me is nothing because I'm counting no A's. Hello, Damon. Hi, how you doing? I'm all right. How are you going today? Yeah, you know, sort of at home. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you, first of all, how long this has been sort of in gestation for. Our first archive has lost a lot of audio quality, so you'll have to listen carefully to this one. This is Damon Albarn speaking to Robbie Buck on Triple J in 2005 about starting a band with his flatmate. He's a, a, a cartoonist and I'm a musician in retrospect. It's the sort of most obvious thing to do. As soon as we thought of the idea, we thought that's an amazing idea and if we can pull it off and make it uh, keep it cool and keep the music. I mean, not try not try and be gimmicky in any way, but just sort of try and make just sort of for me, it was try and make the record that I've always wanted to make. And for Jamie, it was just sort of you know he could go wherever he wanted really with the characters. So we just sort of start. We started literally on the first day. Um, day one was he went and went into uh, his studio to start drawing, and I went to mine to start making music. And the thing just evolved from there, really. It was a fairly courageous move for both of you, though, because you're really stepping out very much into the unknown for both of you. Yeah. It doesn't really feel like that now because it's, you know, it's turned into the most successful thing we've ever done. So, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, but at the time, I don't, I don't think we were really worried about that. I think we just thought it was, it, it was an adventure and that, you know, it would just be great. Even, I mean, 
when we started, it was just if if we can if we can just make the if we can just make the album and um, and the video and get the website going, and then you know we'd have done enough anyway because we've done something so new, and that you know maybe someone will take it further. But it seems to have it has found its legs this time. Yeah, does that um, does that give you a bit of a um a bit of freedom in your songwriting as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it's very liberating because uh, cartoons are only are essentially limited by you know uh, the animator's imagination. You know, you could just cross genres in a way that you'd never be able to do if, if you know if the audience were face to face with you. It is a reasonable leap from, to use old hackney terms, Britpop into yeah. uh, you know yeah, yeah, hip hop yeah. and those those sorts of cultures as well. And you're lucky that you've made the leap with people who um, obviously bring with them a lot of. Well, yeah, I couldn't well. have made the leap unless I was working with really uh, you know people very committed to that those kinds of music. I mean, that's that's a very important thing about Goodness really is a collective. You know, there's a there's a whole host of people working on the internet side and, you know, the, the musicians involved. What's nice about it and what attracts people to it is that the, there are no stars in that sense, the stars of the band. And anyone who gets involved and gets, in, gets involved purely for creative reasons, then they're never going to actually, you know, receive any of the sort of direct kudos from it. Damon Albarn wasn't exaggerating when he said Gorillaz was a success. The 2001 self-titled debut album was a hit all over the world. It had a cast of contributors like Tina Weymouth and Chris Franz from Talking Heads and Tom Tom Club, Cuban singer and musician Ibrahim Frere and Del the Funky Homo Sapien. The band's cartoon characters removed a lot of the pressure and pretense, allowing gorillas the freedom to experiment with their music and who they worked with. And the success of that first record was not a fluke. Their follow-up album was even bigger. Here's Richard Kingsmill talking to Damon Albarn about the making of Demon Days. The theme of the record, or the feeling of the record, it's a darker record than the first record. Uh, the world situation, is that too easy an explanation as to why this one seems darker? Well, it's not an easy any explanation, but it's, it's a correct one. I don't think it's possible with the kind of mindset that we have to um, make records that don't acknowledge the sort of uh, the forces of evil that prevail at the moment if you want to get very Star Wars about it Kids with guns Kids with guns Taken over But it won't be long They're mesmerised Skeletons Kids with guns Kids with guns well, Demon Days is the title of the album, and it's a good title. Sort of sums up a, a bit of the feel and the mood of it. You said that Gorillaz is a project which has a force of good behind it. What sort of goodness can you do with music and in these dire times? Because the more I speak to people, the more that they go, you know, the world situation really frustrates them. What, what can you hope that Gorillaz can achieve for people and, and the way they think? Well, you can do... I, I mean, I'm obviously speaking uh, subjectively here, but um, you can do what we're doing, which is kind of uh, eliminate the element of celebrity because that's a very dark force, I think. Because people have too much trust in it or put too much trust in it? Too much trust, yeah, and, and, and bear, bearing in mind how um, manipulated it is these days. Not to say that it hasn't always been manipulated, but... You know, there was a time when, when photographs couldn't be, um, well, they could be retouched, but it was very obvious. And these days you can't see, so you don't know if someone's real or not, you know. It's all hidden behind technology. 
So the computer generation of images and personalities and all that sort of stuff, I mean, you've just taken it one step further, really, haven't you? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Created it from the very, you know, the world of fiction. Well, we just, we've just tried to create something that has no limits. It's there. What about working with Danger Mouse? I mean, Dan the Automator did a lot of work on the first record. Working with Danger Mouse this time, what sort of bent has that given it and what's, what's he like to work with? I think Danger Mouse done more on this record than Dan did on the last one, to be honest with you, to be fair. I think, I think in our absence, um, especially in America, Dan was a little overzealous in emphasising his importance and um, that's one of the reasons why he, we didn't work with him this time because it just sort of, there was a, an element of a fantasy that was creeping in on his behalf about things but um, more than that no when I when I switched on the radar really to see who had the loudest signal it was definitely Brian uh, were you a fan of the Grey album yeah that, that, that was the one and only reason to kind of hook up with him in the first place and then we just got on really well found we had a, a common objective which was uh, see how many uh, different angles we could approach the same thing from how inspiring is it when you hook up with someone because it's it's not an easy world, the music world, to kind of find like-minded people. What what inspiration does it then give you to find someone who's willing to work with you and willing to work with you on a on a common goal? Well, I think it is actually easy to find common minds, but you you, you have to um, you have to be very receptive in the first place. You have to be listening to a lot of music. You have to uh, understand that um, the obvious is is usually the the wrong decision. Let's talk about a few of the other guests that appear on the record. Sean Ryder is always a good laugh. It's always good to hear him on a record. Getting that tune to sound like that was a, was a, was a real, real struggle. You know, we had to work incredibly hard to get Sean to that level of performance. But um, hopefully it will remind people of uh, what I consider to be the most potent voice, really, from this country over the last 20 years. I mean, if you think what the uh, Happy Mondays evoked and in the sense of liberation that I think uh, I'd love to give him a worldwide hit you know I mean that's part of what Gorillaz is about is allowing people who maybe you know their time has gone in the way they look and the way they conduct themselves but their voice is still intact you know which essentially is what is, is the most important part of someone anyway Let's talk about the current single, Feel Good Inc., which uh, is just taking off around the world. It's such a huge song now. I wanted, I wanted to pinpoint the De La Soul piece in the song. When you heard that laugh, 
and the the idea that was generated from Della Soul. What did you think? Well, I mean, we, when they, they they came in the studio, the song was finished apart from that bit in in the middle, and uh, we we were genuinely having a, a great laugh, you know, and that that that's provided by Maceo, who's the DJ of Della Soul, and uh, that's him. That, that, that's his personality, you know. That's one hell of a laugh. I mean, do you, with the people you work with, do you give them any sense of direction of what, what's expected? Nope. So when something like that comes up, you go, perfect, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I work on the premise that um, people should do exactly what they like, and if it doesn't work, then um, I don't use it. That song, Feel Good Inc., was so popular. It came in at number three in the 2005 Triple J Hottest 100. Years later, when Miff Warhurst spoke to Maceo from De La Soul, he did the iconic laugh for her in the studio. This one is my guaranteed floor filler, and it is the one that you did with Gorillas. Nice. You know the name? Uh, Feel Good Inc.? <laughs> yeah, that's the let me, one. Let me, let me set it off for you. All right, you set All it right. off. Ah! That's me. <laughs> Let's go. In 2010, Gorillaz came to Australia to tour their third album, Plastic Beach. It wasn't the first time Damon Orban had played here, though. Here he is talking to Linda Mariano about when his other band visited many years earlier. 1997. Almost 14 years. Almost 14 years. And speaking to, I think your tour manager was saying that he was with you last time you were here and you've got some of the same people that are with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, all the key people. Well, I mean, the band's different, obviously. That's kind of one big difference, I suppose. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, 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 a few people are are, are the same. A key family. When I was like one, two, three, four, four people are exactly the same. Five Five, maybe six, if when they come in and out. Yeah, but but, you... so, but some of the people, you know, were barely born last time I came here. <laughs> certainly, some, certainly, uh, quite a lot of the audience weren't born last time I came here, which is a bit odd. The whole Plastic Beach record is um, is one that's filled with some great collaborations. You know, you've got Snoop Dogg in here, you've got uh, members of the Clash. Is there one that you that you that that was a real highlight for you to be working with? To be honest with you, the whole thing is just a is a fantastic process. And it really, really is the sum of its parts. Yeah. So there's no the entourage idea isn't isn't what it's about. It's you know it, it really works because everybody's into it. And it's an album in itself that has a concept, a, not just a list a of songs. There's a weird kind of democracy within. I mean, we all behave ourselves, yeah. and everyone essentially gets on really well. Actually, oh. not essentially. Everyone does get on really well, <laughs> even after like a long time now. Up on melancholy hills and the plastic tree Are you here with me? Just looking out on the day of another dream Gorillaz has always been about, you know, the members and, and the characters that make up Gorillaz. 
like Murdoch and etc. So how how are they brought to life on stage? If as an audience member, what do you see of them? Well, they're they're, ver- they're very present. I mean, they're very big. I mean, they're like ten times the size of us in proportion. Yeah. You know, on stage we're pretty much concentrating on making the music. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that, that's the kind of beauty of it. Is 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 the, the, the parallel worlds, and as an audience, you can kind of sort of move in between both places, and yeah. it's quite mesmerising. Do you think that that's why maybe gorillas work so well? Because people can not only hold on to this musical side of it, but they've also got this Absolutely. hugely magical story that that goes with it, and it makes yeah. it fresh. I, I hope so. Wish I could think a better way. I lost my patience yesterday. If you can see inside of me, be no hard on my X-ray. As the success of gorillas continued to grow, so did the list of collaborators. You heard Linda Mariano talking about some of the big names who worked on Plastic Beach. On their 2017 album Humans, they added Grace Jones, Vince Staples, Pop Khan, Danny Brown and Mavis Staples to the list. On 2018's The Now Now, they worked with Snoop Dogg again and teamed up with George Benson. And the features went into overdrive again in 2020 with an album called Song Machine, Season 1, Strange Times. Gorillaz put out a series of singles and music videos featuring St. Vincent, Beck, Elton John, Robert Smith and many more. We could do so much better than this Mostly in faces and momentary bliss We could do so much better than this Oh, Rita, oh, Rita Tim Shield spoke to Damon Albarn about the incredible list of collaborators. But I think that's the nature of, of, of Song Machine as, as, mm. as an idea, is that, you know, when I started last October uh, and we put uh, Slow Tie and the Slaves together, there was no idea about how it's going to end. In fact, the, the last tuning I did was in May, uh, and that was very late, late in the day, and that was with St Vincent. I didn't, even, I didn't know about Elson, I didn't know about Robert Smith, I didn't know about any of those when I started it. So I didn't make an album, I didn't set out to make an album, I just set out to make standalone Song Machine episodes. Mm. And then at the end, I got my friend Stuart Lowbridge, who's always done great kind of uh, track listing and playlists for me, to, to take the songs and put them in an order. And, and out came this, you know, really quite... Good album, I think. Cool. And we called it Strange Times because what else are we going to call it? <laughs> <laughs>
And that song with Robert Smith, um, Strange Time, so you, you were working on that during lockdown this year. So that song really is, is, is that right? Like that song is yeah. kind of a reflection of the moment we're in at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that is Pink Panther, the, the Pink Panther. <laughs> <laughs> now that, that I want to hear, I want you and Elton John to team up on a new version of the Pink Panther theme. The old Henry Mancini. It's entirely possible. Where the world fell silent, I'll be waiting for you on the other side. So we're processing season one of Song Machine from Gorillaz. You've told us that there is a season yeah. two that you're going to get started on as soon I've as you can. Already. I've You've got, already, I mean, of course, I've, I've, you I've have. Got, <laughs> I've got lots of ideas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you have to, I think, you know, if you get into seasons, you know, I like that. I like, I like the dynamic of seasons. I like, I like the fact that you don't have to finish it before you start it. You know, so you can announce it before you've even thought about it. <laughs> but I have thought about it a bit. The star-studded list of Gorilla's contributors is outstanding, but the most important pairing of them all has been between Damon Albarn and Jamie Hewlett. With Albarn's musical talent and Hewlett's engaging characters, it's no wonder this collaboration has been so successful. The J-Files is a double J podcast. Like, subscribe and share. Our producer is Gab Burke with production support from Phoebe Bennett and Sam Wicks. Theme music is by Art vs. Science and you can check out Double J anytime on the Triple J app or at doublej.net.au. I'm Kaz Tran. Catch you again next time. Listener.